What's up, world? Uh, I just, you know, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, you know, I, I don't know. They, 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 insert here. Yo. It's a terrible game. Bottom line. It's terrible in every way. Graphically, it's terrible. Gameplay is terrible. It's just terrible. Oh, angry Nick mad. That game sucked, and it's gonna suck no matter how many revisions they make, and it just sucked even more because they put a connect with it. Oh, angry Nick mad. Or if there's violence, I'll just laugh and enjoy the fun. Kaz Hazari. Hazari. Kaz Harai. 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 They just kind of got tired of Angry Nick on the first one and said, yeah, I'm gonna pass. Oh, yeah, so I do. It's me, precisely. No, no. no. I, I, per- I no. do all my work. No. No. Yeah, I'm you guys are so I don't- cute. Oh, thank you. I try. I mean, let's face it, Mario, and to a lesser extent, Zelda, is what carries Nintendo at this point. Always be radical. I love you, little podcast. You're the bestest thing ever. For the promise of the new Super Smash Brothers and the Zelda game, yes. Will not find a better story presented in any other game genre, in my personal opinion. Like, JRPGs have that. They have that story. That's what the entire game felt like. Oh my god, I want to bang my head into a wall. It's a podcast weekend. Can someone remind me? I thought it was a video game podcast. You are listening to a Game Source podcast. And we are again live and intruding on the airways out there in time and space. Uh, uh, we're, we are still broadcasting um, as far as, well, we're on iTunes on both those stations. Uh, we're also on podcast.com, and you can also find it also on YouTube. So I'm here again, Gerald Glassford, ready and willing, ready and able. And I'm here with my good friend and NU graduate, Mr. Josh Peterson. How does it feel, my friend? It feels amazing. It was it was a long road, but it's satisfying in the end. Indeed, it is, and I I, I hopefully will share that someday down the line. Um, and I just you know my congratulations out to you, uh, a well deserved, well earned. My um, my as I've said before, the the podcast, our dealings together as far as concerned have been nothing but top notch, and I'm looking forward to to what we can do together and then looking also forward to what you're bringing to the table uh, to, to audiences all over with, with all your upcoming work from all your different, different avenues that you're going through. Um, so we just, just wish you a tremendous amount of luck. Uh, but that sounds like something that I wish I should say at the end of the podcast. So for now, let's start it off with some divisiveness because the past couple of weeks have brought out some media that has, well, fans, critics, all over the place as far as their opinions on a couple different uh, media formats. And we'll, we'll first touch on the game format, since it's the Game Source podcast. There's a little game called No Man's Sky, which released on PS4, and a couple days later to PC um, last week. And it is just, you know, opinions have, have gone all over the place in regards to this space exploration game. Uh, because of the very nature, how it looked, how it presented itself upon its uh, initial offerings. And its results, now that it's been out in the wild for a few days, 
And even though it was uh, one of the most popular startups for PS4, for a brand new IP, and also as well one of the, the biggest Steam launches of the year, it still has audiences going all over the place as far as, and critics are going all over the place on whether they liked it or didn't like it. Uh, it is truly, a, definitely a divisive game indeed. Um, I've you know just seen a, a considerable amount of time uh, spent on it as far as it's concerned. Watched it from from afar and just seen you know several different streams as far as it's concerned. And the game itself, the menu navigation that you have constantly have to resort back to, and that the actual um, fact that you have to rudimentary the the exploration as far as it's concerned can feel very much the same after a little while whatnot but also if if you really like the routine can also be very engaging as well so I ask you Josh have you had a chance to see No Man's Sky and what are your initial thoughts and impressions on what will be down you know right now is, is one of the most divisive games of 2016 I haven't had a chance to play it yet, but I've seen I've seen a lot of videos, read a lot of reviews on it. It sounds like people are upset about it because they didn't quite know what kind of game it would be. Um, you know, you think a lot of like space exploration games. You think of like Halo. That that's what most people think of when Halo, Mass Effect. But it's not it's not like that. It's different, but it's a good different. You know, it's something that people haven't seen before. But you still get you get to go out there and explore. But you're not going to get like the you know, like the big cinematics like you do in these big titles, but it's, I, I, I think it looks really good. It's, it's, I, I want to play it. It's tempting me to actually buy it. So, you know, as soon as I get my hands on it, I'll, I'll let you know what I think of it. Fair enough. And I, I, like I said, I've seen extensive amount. I just, I think there are a lot of people like myself that are kind of were really, really, like you said, that what they presented, what they showed was really interesting. But when the final product came out, it wasn't all that it appeared to be um, with the constant. Because obviously, you know, you can't have a trailer about this constant going back to menu navigation, um, which is a necessity in this game. And like you said, there, there are no cinematic really, you know, big boss fights or big battle fights when you're fighting off 20 different, 30 different aliens at one time. Um, it's more of a, a systematic and categorical um, as far as treasure hunt, as far as for, for minerals and, and products that you need in order to survive and, and thrive in the universe. Um, resource, as far as gathering is concerned, buying and selling, uh, that type of deal, in order to get to the center of the universe. Now, uh, it, for some, this may be just, just what they've been at, looking for for a long time. Uh, but for others, the you know it can seem mundane. So I can see the the diametric opposition to each other as far as opinions are concerned. I can clearly see why that is. Uh, but I, I like I said, the game itself has been a very good launch, very good success story for the PS4, uh, and something that that uh, you know obviously uh, kudos to Hello Games for being able to to release something that has at least created a lot of interest. Josh, did you uh, concur on that, or or is this something uh, you want to also add on on No Man's Sky? Is it what intrigues you the most about what you've seen of No Man's Sky? 
what I've seen, it's the the idea of being able to explore. Like you can explore space. You can there's literally like tons of places you can go. And it, that's something they did that a little bit with Mass Effect and may, maybe with a uh, Fantasy Star, but it's not or Star Ocean, but it's not um it's not really something you see a lot of just because a lot of game developers don't want to put the time into it. The, um, and that algorithm that that's like um like they have said the developers said um, you know, the algorithm that creates the, you know, the mathematical formula, which, which creates the universe, uh, and galaxy that, that you're in as far as it's concerned and creates all those planets, creates all those star systems, uh, which, you know, uh, was a quadrillion or something, some, some ungodly number, which no one will ever be able to finish in their entire lives from that end. Correct. Correct. So, it's- oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. Uh, I was just going to say, I mean, to, I, I can see why it's de- why people are so divisive over whether or not they like it, but it's, you know, to some people, it may be like the best game ever to others. It might be the worst game ever, but I think that, I think the developers for, for not being like a triple A developer and not having the funds that a regular studio has, I think they created something fantastic. Uh, and there, there are times when it looks really just, just so intriguing and, and so, so enjoyable. Um, I just think there, there's just so di- like there are times as well where it's not it's not balanced uh, as far as the concern for some people t- some people's taste uh, as far as the coordination between uh, resources, uh, uh, menu navigation, and actual gameplay. And I think that's what what has created such a di- diversive uh, opinions on the game. So. Needless to say, it's still been a big hit for you know PlayStation Four and also as well PC. So I'm, I probably will get my hands on it too at some point. I'm looking forward to it, uh, going out in space, and and hopefully it will be a, an experience that I I won't soon forget. Just uh, like like I said as well for you. Uh, and speaking of experiences that you won't soon forget, uh, we're going to talk about a little movie that has also created some some divisiveness. Um, and that movie is Suicide Squad. No, not not Sausage Party. That seems to be a big uh, big hit, uh, you know, all around and whatnot. But uh, it is Su- Suicide Squad, which has taken number one in the past two weeks, but has created quite an opinion as far as from fans uh, who who are all over the place as far as what they do and do not like about the film to critics who well, pretty much categorically have not enjoyed the film. And while it, it started off with a, a tremendous 100 million plus uh, first week, uh, which DC was definitely hoping for, what they weren't counting on or what they weren't hoping for was a, a dramatic uh, 67% loss in its second week, uh, which has uh, you know obviously caused some concern in Warner Brothers. Obviously, uh, you know, obviously caused some concern with with the DC universe and also with fans. So I ask you, Josh, you from from seeing your comments are one of the biggest supporters of the movie because you went to go see it recently and you enjoyed the heck out of it. So tell me your thoughts on Suicide Squad and what really um, it's all about and why people should go and see it. Well, as someone who's read the comics, I I knew what I was getting into when I went to go see it. A lot of people, I feel, uh, the critics, they don't they 
they watch these movies, like especially obscure comics, like like especially Suicide Squad. Deadpool got lucky, but Suicide Squad, they don't. Nobody really knows a lot about Suicide Squad. They know Harley Quinn because that's the Joker's girlfriend, but they don't really know a whole lot about any of the other characters. So I feel like because of that, it, they kind of, the critics kind of didn't really understand what it was. I I think it was, you know, it, people need to stop setting the bar so high with these movies. I think that was the problem too with David Ayer, and he uh, he didn't know that he was going to have this much pressure on him when he was making the movie. I from what I understand, there's like seven different cuts, and the the studio got involved, and they kind of killed what could have been something really really great. I mean, um, but but we, but if I if I may. Yeah. Part of the reason why the you know with casual fans and casual audiences they are so you know they become so interested in these type of products are the traders and and you've got to admit that that initial trailer was something that that sparked audiences fancy and and got that buzz rolling. Right, right, and it's I mean there if you notice there were some stuff in the trailers that weren't actually in the original film so because that was back then. When the first trailer came out, they weren't expecting Batman vs Superman to have done as bad as it did. So you still had, you know, David Ayer's original vision was still out there, and it, that was still what we were going to get. But then all the studio interference happened. I mean, even with the interference, it was still a decent movie. You just got to know what you're getting into. Personally, I mean, let me ask you this: If do you think that with all these bad reviews, a lot of these reviews came out before the movie did. So do you think that if Warner Brothers were to stop letting critics view their films before they came out, do you think that that would have affected uh, box office numbers? I Well, I, it gets back to uh, No Man's Sky. Remember, they had a day one patch um, and any reviews, uh, copies, uh, anybody trying to look at the game and stream the game or review the game, uh, didn't get really a chance to do so because they might have bought it previously uh, by vendors that broke street date. Uh, review copies were not handed out until the last minute, and then or they weren't able to go ahead and pl- and actually play a version of the game that uh, Hello Games wanted them to represent until the actual day it launched. So you see all these reviews coming three or four days down the line, and people who were really really excited for the game that didn't care about the reviews, they just went ahead and bought it anyways. So I can okay. see the same thing for uh, Suicide Squad as far as the concern of Warner Brothers, you know, go moving forward when it comes to, you know, the, the upcoming universe, which will include, the you know, Wonder Woman, uh, which will include, uh, obviously, Justice League, uh, The Flash, Aquaman. When all those movies come out, I could see Warner Brothers being better off by not showing it to, to critics because they have gone out of their way and tried to bend over backwards to to prove to critics that the DC universe is headed in the right direction. Yeah, and maybe, like, okay, so that was the first week. From what I understand, it was the people who really wanted to see the movie, and they, you know, they paid their money, and now that the, the reviews are out, people who were on the fence about it maybe will probably wait until... It, you know, hits Redbox or Blu-ray, DVD, whatever people are still buying. And it's, if, if you read like what the other film, other filmmakers have said about the movie, they all liked it and they don't understand where the bad reviews are coming from. So I think maybe it's, the critics are just wrong here. Well, I, I, and 
I, you know, I, like I said, I know you enjoyed the film immensely, but I can also, I've, I've seen dozens and dozens of dozens of individuals that have gone all over the place from loving the film to absolutely categorically hating it um, because of, of, you know, whatever it is they expected out of it. Um, and 67% tells me that there was a lot of word of mouth um, either people just saw the reviews and finally and just decided, you know, that, that this was not the movie that was going to, to get their fancy or just they've heard from friends, they heard from family, uh, they read on social media that it was not the movie that they should go to again, not, not go to either as well. I, I mean, 67% drop is concerning uh, for any second week movie you know obviously uh, it was 69 percent with with batman versus superman and and that was concerning enough as is uh to have two movies in a row do do so well out of the gate and drop so far so fast in the second uh offering um i, I think dc needs to take a look ahead as far as its upcoming slate of films and try to do what they can to prevent that from from happening going forward and one of the ways could be like you said uh, and like you like you iterated to, maybe not even showing it to reviewers beforehand because obviously that has not proven out to be something that they had, that's been very successful for them. Yeah, right. They're kind of shooting themselves in the foot because now that DC's got a, I guess you can call it a track record. People people want them to fail. Maybe not not consciously they want them to fail, but kind of on a, on a subconscious level they want to they want to judge these movies really harshly. And if I were to critique Suicide Squad and like Batman versus Superman for flaws in the storytelling, I would say it's they need to spend less time telling stories through flashbacks and more time putting audiences in what's actually happening in the moment. Because if you notice Suicide Squad, all the backstory told through flashbacks. Batman versus Superman, all the backstory told through flashbacks. You kind of get too many flashbacks, and that because the flashbacks in Suicide Squad probably took up a good thirty minutes of the movie. So it's you know just little things that they can probably take notes from and kind of learn for their next release. And that's that's true. Uh, and, but Wonder Woman uh, does not look like it's going to have that problem because it, you know in essence it is one big two-hour flashback uh, because it goes back to World War One. So. You know, there's no need to really go that you know any further back as far as it's concerned. So th that one may be a more cohesive film because of it. Um, obviously, you know, you and I have commented on previous episodes that how good the trailer looks. Uh, again, uh, you know, credit to DC, you know, and the and Warner Brothers for creating these trailers that sparks fans' interest. It's just following it up with a polished complete project i think that that's where the problem lies but uh at, like i said since wonder woman should not have that problem and even justice league to an extent you know they've, they've already set up that that version uh, for the most part obviously it's now ben affleck as you've seen in, in the uh footage shown at comic-con him going out and actually searching out and seeking out the actual members of the justice league so uh, it, it, I agree with you on extent as far as using flashbacks uh, ad nauseum. That might be, uh, you know, something that might put off fans. But I think it's something more that that's just something is not connecting with the casual audience. And the casual audience uh, is is well, whatever medium is the is the audience is the connection you want to make. 
not to the hardcores with all due respect to any hardcores out there as far as from the comic book video game universe or what have you but when you connect with a a general audience uh, that's not as always passionate but just wants to see a, a film that they can connect with um it's it's very hard to do so but once once you can it it that's where your success lies in your second, your third week, as far as it's concerned, um, in sales. So um, this is where the Marvel franchise has has flourished uh, since, uh, well, you know, obviously since the the Marvel universe uh, has come to come to power. My question to you now, Josh, is: Do you see DC making the efforts to try and make a more complete? offering in the future as far as what that's concerned because they they recently also said that uh man of steel 2 is a go uh, and that movie was well again uh had a similar type of reception uh to both suicide squad and also as well batman versus superman so do you see the dc universe and warner brothers you know obviously the movie company involved uh going forward with a better plan and on how to actually strengthen the dc universe I do, but at the same time, I have my fears. So you see, though, that studio interference has done so far to these movies, that's my fear for the future because they want these films to take off so badly. But, you know, they're obviously them putting their hands into that those cookie jars haven't really done a whole lot for them. But, I mean, it, did you? I don't know if you saw the director's cut of Batman vs. Superman. Is like a completely different film, and it was. I loved. I I hated it in theaters. Loved it on home video. It does make quite a difference. I will. I will agree with you on that, um, because I did not enjoy it very much in the theaters. Uh, I thought it was uh, kind of a mess, and obviously, um, you know, the the fact that they get to go ahead and, and touch up everything, um, although it did give it a new rating which is the reason why it can't, couldn't be shown in theaters because you want to retain that PG-13 rating and, and be able to, to market it to a, mass, uh, a wider audience. Um, only Deadpool is really the only movie, superhero movie of its type that, that's uh, in recent memory that, that has garnered uh, an R rating that has been able to connect with a larger audience. So it's uh, easy to see why... why uh, the the director's cut is so much better than the actual version that was shown on film. Right. And what it also shows is that maybe the, they could learn how to shorten these films a little bit because they've got, yeah, I, I love the director's cuts, but they've got, I think that's another thing. They, the original vision is so large that they have to cut so much out of it in order to get it into that slot that they want. And that causes a lot of incoherence with the audience. Uh, it does indeed, and um, like I said, it's just at this point, I don't think all is lost because, like I said, there's still when you're able to get 130 million dollar openings, you know, out of your films, that shows me that there is, you know, a, a number of individuals out there, a, a large audience that wants to go ahead and see these films and enjoy these films. So, uh, I mean, you have that advantage of being able to still, no matter how many times you do it wrong you're still able to grab a large audience uh, and have an large audience be interested in your po- product. And that's not always the case with, as you see in films, video games, TV, what have you. 
So uh, I think the, the future is still there for the DC universe. It just needs to be done in a better fashion and obviously better decisions need to be made. So uh, one last one last thing on the DC universe. Do you ever see it in the next, well, let's say give it, how much time do they need? How much time do they need? Do you think that they could be on a level? Let's say you are in charge of the DC universe. Let's say you are in charge of DC, even though you're wearing that that Captain America shirt on. Uh, how long would it take you to to make some some rational, common sense decisions in order to to put it on a format where it's going up and into the point where it could be on somewhat on par in, uh, in the in the Marvel universe as far as concerned? And do you see that? happening at some point in time realistically well i mean i don't know what i know they started filming justice league and they started filming our wonder woman's already almost done filming i think that from that point on they should take they should take a year and maybe kind of just see what they did wrong like this is what i would do i'd see what they did wrong see what people didn't like about it talk to people who actually read comic books and know because that, that's your fan base right there. And I just kind of try to reformat it to what I mean. Marvel's obviously doing something right, so but they DC wants to keep that darker tone, which can work, but they just need to kind of figure out what they're doing wrong. Like I, you know, they they don't need to rush movies out, is what I'm trying to say. And I agree with you on that as well. I understand that sometimes also economically based decisions. Um, you know, Warner Brothers doesn't have a lot of properties that can garner over five, generate over five hundred million dollars, like like the DC Universe films. Yeah, and we we critics and and fans blast you know DC Universe films for what they are, but you know how can you sneeze at something that that garnered eight hundred seventy million dollars plus, like Batman vs Superman, or well over six hundred million, like like Man of Steel. Or something that's going to garner over half a billion dollars, like Suicide Squad. I mean, these are entities. It's not every day that you can actually have that you actually have properties within your own stable that that can generate that kind of income. It's just trying to find a happy medium where you can see them going even further with it to where they get to a point where they're at a profitable venture for them. Because I understand that the cost involved of making these films uh, is also a, a high cost indeed. So. Um, the the jury's still out on on where the DC movie universe is going to go, and uh, we will hopefully see better things in the future, um, as far as from from a general fan standpoint, uh, on their hope and their perceptions of what the DC universe can do. I know Josh, you like the film, you recommend it to people out there, and if you get a chance and you haven't seen it yet, you might want to give Suicide Squad a try. So it seems to me that Suicide Squad is a film that you need to see on a personal level in order to get your opinions on it. Because like I said, there, there's so many opinions that are all over the place on it. I think at this point in time, you just need to go see it yourself and find out if it's something that, that meets your, that meets your fancy. So uh, agree, disagree. I agree. Go watch it. Don't expect, you know, don't expect the big action sequences of Batman versus Superman, but go in and watch it for what it is. And then, you know, make your own decision. Indeed. Uh, I agree with you on that wholeheartedly.
And so the last thing I want to talk about is something that popped up the other day. Actually, I got a couple things I want to talk about. Um, today at Gamescom, the latest installment of the Metal Gear franchise was announced. Uh, and the Metal Gear franchise, which we thought may have been dead with, uh, you know, longtime project director Kojima leaving. But unfortunately today, for many people's, you know, chagrin, because I know there's a lot of uh, internet discussion out there that uh, Metal Gear is going on and continuing without Kojima. But uh, Metal Gear Survive was announced at Gamescom today uh, by, uh, well, their parent company and the, and the company that owns the rights to the Metal Gear's franchise today. So I ask you, is with Konami making the decision today to, to introduce something like this, which will come out next year, by the way, it's going to be a four-player co-op game. Um, is this something you're interested in? or is And is this something that you think will ultimately succeed without even ha without having the Kojima stamp on it? I think that people are going to buy it, and they're going to play it, and they're not going to like it. They're going to play it strictly based on the title and the franchise. And then it's going to be something that they're... It, on, to me, when I watch the trailer, it looks like they're basically taking a a franchise that was able to stand on its own without all like the the stuff that goes into modern video games that people love. And now they're taking and adding all that stuff like zombies. Like I don't, I don't just not, not my thing. There's too many zombie games out there. Metal Gear Solid was cool because it didn't need zombies. You know, it was its own thing. And now it's kind of become a corporate game. And that's, uh, that's funny because it's all trans seems to be transitioning more and more if you, with, especially with that zombies outlook. Uh, to the Resident Evil uh, from from Capcom, which is so funny because Re Resident Evil is transitioning from an action uh, adventure game back to its horror roots. So it's kind of funny how that that is all transpiring. Uh, what what's been shown the past couple of days at Gamescom, um, but I agree with you. I think a lot of people are going to be interested in it because it says Metal Gear on it, and then once they see that it does not have the hand of Kojima involved in any way shape or form on it uh they will pass on it very quickly indeed uh and final thing for today i want to talk about is uh the rise again of the xbox one never count out the xbox one i should say uh, and as a fellow xbox one owner um it is good to hear that xbox one was the according to the mpd uh was the biggest selling console uh, as far as within the United States last month of the month of July. And that's their first month that they have won uh, and beaten the PlayStation 4 uh, since, I believe, October of last year, if I'm not mistaken. And if that's the case, that's a long time. It's uh, what, almost a uh, good 10 months. And with uh, the Xbox One S uh, that was released this month, including a two terabyte version that has completely sold out almost everywhere in the entire world, Things will be looking good again, and possibly a repeat for Xbox One is in 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 form. So I ask you this, Josh, uh, as a fellow Xbox One owner, do you feel reinvigorated about owning an Xbox One, and do you see continued good fortune with what titles are coming out as exclusives for the console maker? I do, honestly. I, I feel Microsoft has kind of learned from their past mistakes, and they took note. 
what the fans wanted. The hard drive was the biggest thing for me. And now that they fixed that and, you know, they've got a solid line of games coming up. I think they're, they're going to do, they're going to do really well. They got a lot of success ahead of them. I personally think that the, the Xbox one S um, having the two terabytes is the key. I understand the Xbox one. It is easy to add an external hard drive. I understand the software adapts to it quickly and, and it's, it's, you know, people can buy a three, four or five terabyte hard drive and that's great and attach it. No problem. But I think for the ease of having it, people just want to have it. They don't want to go out and buy something extra. They don't want to go and buy this. They don't want to go buy that. They just want to buy it and have something that will have a lot of space and that won't run out anytime soon. So I think that's why the lure is there. I don't think the 4K aspect is is as big right now. I think it's going to take a little bit more as far as sales, another strong holiday season worth of 4K sales before, before that entity really comes into play. Uh, but definitely the two terabyte, I think, is the issue, is the issue and the reason why it sells, sold so strongly. Um, Neo's going to be introduced, you know, from all reports next month, and and I know so PlayStation Four or, um, and and Sony's got something cooking that hopefully will garner a lot of interest as well. But right now, I see Xbox One possibly going on a roll, maybe even through the entire rest of the year. And that would be a good sign for, for Xbox owners, a good, time, good sign for, for Microsoft, and a validation that uh, they can still compete in the console race. What are your thoughts? Yeah, correct. I mean, they, it's, it, it'll be interesting. I get the holidays will really tell what happens. You got Because all the, all the high-profile games, with the exception of what The Last Guardian, are all cross console so you get, it's coming out for Xbox PlayStation so this 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 holiday season will really be the uh, tiebreaker i guess you can call it see who what console sells the most games sells the most consoles but the, but then again the holiday season last holiday season the Xbox owners had a, a bigger premium of of you know exclusive games to choose from than PlayStation 4 yet PlayStation 4 won out uh, like I said, after that October win by Xbox, it was PlayStation 4 dominance for 10 straight months. So what can Xbox One do in order to, to you know, keep that momentum going and be more competitive as far as from a sales standpoint? Uh, they could... How much is the Xbox S right now? Um, starts, I believe, at 299 then goes 350 and then the Xbox uh, 2 terabyte. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong. If you're still able to buy it on the planet, uh, is three ninety nine. Okay, so I mean bundles work. They've really the, uh, con- content exclusive content is what people want. That's what drives people to buy consoles, in my opinion. Like they, a lot of Call of Duty players will buy a PlayStation because place you know Sony gets all their content exclusive stuff before everybody else does, and that's what people want. So I mean I don't. I don't know the science behind what what sells consoles, but if I were to buy one, that would be a motivating factor. Uh, and it is to me as well, because usually, you know, that's when I buy. Um, I bought I bought basically two different times. When when a console first comes out, because it just automatically hits me, or when there's a really sweet bundle that that just I cannot turn down. So I hear you on that one. And here's the. Uh, 
hoping that the holiday season will will have a strong uh, continued sales format with both PS4 and the Xbox One. But uh, I think right now it looks good for Microsoft and the Xbox One format. So for the rest of the year, at least until Neo can gain a foothold. But we'll see what happens in September when they um, when they talk more about it. Yeah. <laughs> So that's going to do it for, for this episode since, wow, I'm some, some nasty feedback there. But that's going to do for for us right now. Um, once again, uh, check us out, yourgamesource.com. That's yourgamesource.com. Um, on our regular podcast format, you will see all the different links uh, right below our heads uh, during the broadcast. But if you're listening, it's yourgamesource.com. Uh, at Game Source, um, you know, as far as you know, delivering you hundreds of, of news and information and articles each week. Um, also, as well at Pop Culture Cosmo, which is also bringing you news and entertainment info from all around, uh, all around the galaxy, as far as pop culture is concerned. And well, you know, if you get a chance to check us out, it's on. We're on iTunes now and Podcast.com. And also yourgamesource.com and our Facebook page is just simply Game Source, Game Source, and Pop Culture Cosmos. So, any last thoughts before we head on out? Anything they need to check out from from your end on what you're working on? Um, just stay tuned. I got a new book coming out. Probably gonna be out around September or October. Uh, called Congratulations, You Suck. So just stay tuned. I'll give you some more details on that. Definitely, as I said, abor- uh, said before, I'm definitely looking forward to that, um, especially if you decide to go on the Congratulations You Suck Tour uh, as far as promotional and from bookstore to bookstore. I'd love to see the signs posted up around that. That would be awesome. But uh, <laughs> Me too. Me too. <laughs> but if uh, that's the case, uh, I do wish you all the best for that. Oh, my goodness. Feedback. So while we have uh, a little bit of – time left just want to thank everybody for listening thank everybody for watching um appreciate it and so for josh peterson i'm gerald glassford uh we want to make sure that you're having a beautiful day in paradise because i know i am and i know josh is as well I want to thank josh for being a part of the podcast I want to thank you for listening thank you for watching and hope you have yourselves a great day without feedback of course <laughs> Do you love games, breed games, and bleed games? Then this is the crew for you. If you are interested in editorial, podcasting, live events, and exclusive content, make sure to hit us up at info at yourgamesource.com and become part of a team that is dedicated to delivering all the greatest delays in gaming news and content all here at yourgamesource.com.